Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today created his clothing brand 15 years ago, influenced by his love of graffiti, street art, and hip-hop culture. Please welcome the owner and founder of No Love City from Sandwich, Illinois. You know I had to say that. Um, Josh Hammond. What's going on, man? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to me today um, during lunch. I appreciate it. What's your, uh, what's your, I guess, right off the bat, what's your go-to lunch sandwich? Uh, usually, what's your, uh, your go-to? The go-to sandwich has got to be peanut butter and jelly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can definitely can't so, go wrong with the classic. No. So tell people a little bit about No Love City. Tell them, uh, tell the people, like what you know, tell your backstory, um, and what kind of led you to actually start um, start the brand. I started the brand actually like in the early two thousands because I've been a fan of streetwear to begin with anyways so it was something i always kind of wanted to get into and when i started doing it i was actually started with skateboards and t-shirts it was just something that i was into at the time other streetwear brands were doing skateboards too and i thought it was something cool to get into and i was kind of designing everything in a simplistic way because i'm not really artistically inclined but it was all like really distressed and grungy type kind of style and it went from there and in 2007 i started taking it very seriously so we've been doing it seriously for about 15 years now that's amazing that's amazing and the name no love no love city can you tell people a little bit about where that name comes from i know i see a few posts um probably every few months having you talk a little bit about it um like the origin of it so i kind of figure it'd be a good time to kind of also share it here on the podcast yeah, I like to put it out there every once in a while for people that don't know. Yeah. It's another way of describing what they call as a crab mentality of if I can't have it, neither can you. Because when you have crabs in a bucket, which is another way to put it, uh, crabs will do whatever, climb on top of each other to get out and not help each other. So we kind of took that and put a spin on it and want it to be more of a positive message and have people be inspired by that and motivated to succeed ignore the negativity that's always there no matter where you are and that's why it's every city is a nolo city because you've got negativity in every direction and we just want people to be fueled by that to take the kind of positive route and succeed and bring others with you and so that's that, always been the goal yeah that's great and you're and you're like i said you are you are you are from illinois um so obviously yeah. quite a bit of uh Definitely some uh, some good eats in Chicago and uh, and in, in the state of Illinois itself. So, um, yeah. But for um, but at the same time, like yeah, I think I think it's a great. I love the fact that um, it's always tough when you have like a certain vision or thought process. Because I know at one point, um, I think I had read that you uh, you also were producing music, and that was kind of where the the phrase kind of you kind of liked the phrase, and that kind of led to. Um, you saying, Hey, this would be kind of a cool phrase for me to use like on mixtapes and other things. And then kind of developed from there. Right. Yeah. Actually I started producing music at the, uh, like my senior year in high school. And I kind of did it for at least a few years after that. I did a lot of mixtapes and things like that. And we did one mixtape that was called no love city and it was all Chicago hip hop artists. And I think that was probably the first time that I really used the name and it like it said it, it was something i fell in love with and it all kind of came from there 
No, no, I think that's great. I like, I love that. Um, few things I wanted to ask about. One um, was, I know you've trademarked No Love City, correct? Yes. Um, and so, how was that process um, through there? Um, you know, and and how important was it for you to do that to want to trademark the brand um, early on in the in the inception of the brand? It's always been something that was very important to me to protect it because there was other people that were trying to use the name at the same time after it, I had already started. So protecting it and being able to uh, prevent other people from using it in a different way and bringing negative light to it was always something that was important to me. But the trademark process, to me, it wasn't that hard. I did it all myself and I've done it uh, more than once. And I just kind of did Google searches and said, how do I do this and that and the other thing? And rather than hiring a lawyer to do it, I did it myself and I, it got approved. So I did it right. So <laughs> lucky awesome. me. Yeah. We may, we may be talking cause um, I, I actually have not um, done it on mine and oh. it's something that I've it's on my list, but uh, I definitely uh, may grab some insight. We'll, we'll have to touch base on talk about that a little bit um, in the future. So um, one thing that, so the way we met, I always like to tell folks how we met or how I came across you. Um, the way we met, I believe we have we have some. You know, you and I kind of do something very similar. Like we uh, we're creative, we're creative minded. However, we're not technically, I, I guess, the best in art artistic dealing. <laughs> um, so therefore, we actually go and find folks that are actually really good artists and work with them um, to do those things. Um, yeah. So I know that you and I have um, we have some common common folks that have worked on your designs and have done stuff for me as well. Um, I know one main person has been Fricks84 uh, um, from Toy Snobs, who's been a guest in the past. Um, and so I kind of wanted to chat with you a little bit about like that whole aspect of um, your process on finding uh, finding artists and working with them and things like that, that maybe uh, maybe some insight or uh, suggestions or, or advice you'd give someone um, if they're in the same similar situation as us where they're uh, they have ideas, but they kind of want someone a little bit better than definitely better or, or you know, kind of take it to the next level um, to create their art and uh, or their product. Yeah. Well, first of all, Frix 84 is awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely. I know. I think that's one of the reasons that we connected was because of him. But uh, he actually when we rebranded, rebranded the brand in 2012 is person that we reached out to was Fricks and he did all our new logos and everything and he's done designs for us ever since so we've been working with him for about 10 years yeah that's crazy. um but yeah the being creative minded but not artistically inclined is <laughs> always a challenging thing because you mm -hmm. relay your ideas to somebody else and hopefully they can capture what you envision in your head and bring it to reality and Fricks has been really good about doing that with us uh, another person we worked with a lot was Sueda. Uh, he's working a lot with me on a new brand that I'm starting. And it's just, uh, I think, searching on Google and Instagram just to find different artists to work with is how I've kind of done it. But I, with Nolo City, I've kind of stuck with Fricks as like the main man yeah. behind the design work for us. Yeah, no, and 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 hey, he's a he's amazing, and uh, and yeah. I totally get that. It's like it's one of those things, especially when you find someone that knows 
Um, you know, the big thing for me is always trying to find the right artist based on what I, what I like their style to be. Um, and then how do I want it to be in my brand, um, type of thing. So it kind of, uh, there's always that aspect of trying to find that right person, um, that has it. Cause obviously everyone's very artistic, but there's some folks that have uh, a certain niche or a certain skill set that they're just, you, they just thrive on and they're just like known for. And those are the ones you want to highlight. Cause obviously you want, you know, you want the best for your brand, but also you want the artist to love it. Cause I think, um, that's something that I appreciate that you do on your brand is similar to me, which is you actually tell folks, Hey, this is who did my, this is who did it. Um, and we're kind of not, a, we have, I, we have no problem telling and sharing the love, um, to the helper, the person who helped us create our vision, um, on our designs. So I think that's awesome that you, uh, that you do something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a point of pride for me to say, Hey, this is who we work with because in my eyes, I'm, I'm a fan of these artists that we work with. They're so good. And for them to be able to take my silly ideas and make them good is <laughs> impressive to me. So I want everybody to know like, Hey, this is who did it, yeah. you know? So I no, hope I'm... I've been able to bring them business in the past, but that's not what it's been about. It's just, like I said, a point of pride. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Um, and it's fun because it's always great because you, you've you always been great um, during our time since knowing each other. Um, like we'll communicate with each other and like, hey, who do you use for hats and who do you use for this? Um, right. Just because obviously um, it's that community aspect of it, you know, kind of seeing that growth and kind of, you know, helping each other out through the process, which I think is great. Um, and I do love the fact that you collaborate so well um, with so many different people. And, and I kind of wanted to bring up the topic of, um, like I've seen on your site, um, you know, no, the no love city site, um, you know, you have, you have like a spray can vinyl, you have like the mad L citizen. You also have like those really cool, um, items that I love that people can tag, um, like the, like the blockbuster wall, as well as also yeah. like the boundless Brooklyn kit. So how does that all come about? I'm kind of, I've always been kind of curious about like, do you initiate some of these collabs? Like, how do you come about finding, um, reaching out to some of these folks to to kind of making it something as like, you know, part of No Love City that people can actually go and pick up? I've been a vinyl toy collector since like the beginning of when it got real popular in the U.S., like in the early 2000s. So it was always something that was like a goal of mine to be in that market in one way or another, which is really hard to do when you're not artistic because that's the whole point of you designing something and putting it out. But yeah. the way that I was able to get into it was collaborating with other people. And in some cases it was me reaching out to them and some people reached out to us, but like with boundless Brooklyn, I just love what they do. They take recycled materials and they have the little kits that you build yourself and you can customize them. And it was something just, that I thought was really, really cool that they did. So we definitely wanted to carry their stuff. And we actually did a collaborative enamel pin with them. So there was something else that we did with them, but the spray can mutant and the metal citizens, those are, uh, collabs with Matt and two different companies, Martian Toys and UVD Toys, that I'm really lucky that I was reached out and thought of to be able to have an exclusive toy with. Yeah, I mean they're awesome. They're 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 super awesome. And I saw that you've even done like some with some of them. You've kind of done like a combo where you can get like a shirt and the and the vinyl, uh, which I think is super uh, super smart. 
um, yeah, which, you know, definitely Thank helps you. quite a bit. Oh no, I think you're, I think you're doing a great job, man. You guys, um, you guys are, you guys are killing it. And I think it's, it's so much, it's so fun to see, um, all the different things that you're always coming around and coming about with, um, Josh in like your 15 years, what would you say? I mean, and I know you, and I will, we'll talk, we'll, we'll kind of touch base on the, on the next kind of brand that you're also trying to create right now. But like, I guess, what have you learned from creating, I guess, and we'll kind of use, we'll kind of touch base on that. Like from when you're creating, you've mentioned you're creating a new brand. Um, so talk a little bit about what you've learned from doing no love city to creating the new brand and maybe talk a little bit about the new brand, what the new brand is going to be about. Definitely. Okay. So I've learned tons throughout having no love city because I didn't have somebody that kind of guided me through the process of starting and maintaining a brand. So I was just doing research and reading business stuff and streetwear things and whatever it was that was pertaining to whatever I was trying to do at the time. So everything was kind of like, uh, trial and error until I got it right was finding the right t-shirts and it was doing that and then finding the right hat manufacturer which you actually helped me with so everything has been trial and error trial and error and when it came to the new brand I knew what I did and what I didn't want to happen and what I did and what I didn't want to do along in the process so it's taken me a long time to launch this new brand but i want to make sure everything's right in place from the start whereas with nola city it took me a while to kind of get a focus on the brand because i think it lacked focus when i first started because i was trying to do too many things and have too many appeal to too many different styles at the same time so once that kind of got figured out, like I said, Frix 84 helped us with the logos and everything. So that's kind of when everything was headed in the same direction. So that's what I'm trying to do with the new brand is just get everything in place. And then once I launch that, it'll be the way I want it to be from the start. So there won't be this rebranding and trial and error or anything like that. So I kind of learned and am being able to apply all that stuff to a new brand what um what are some things that you would recommend or tell someone like if they wanted to do um like a clothing brand and whatnot what are some things what are some advice levels of advice that you would uh you would kind of give to them if they kind of asked you like hey josh what do i you know what do you recommend or what do you think i do i'm thinking about starting a clothing brand what uh do you got any uh any tidbits or or bites that you want to you want to share with them don't do it i don't need the competition (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've actually had a few different people reach out to me before, like, and I've kind of helped them along the way a little bit, getting started recommending artists. And that's the thing. I think having a very particular focus and style is very important. So you don't get into the trap that I was when you're trying to do too many things and then you spread yourself too thin and you don't have the money to kind of do it all. So I think focusing on a direction is very important. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think it's okay to start simple. I mean, I yeah. uh, start simple. You may have grand ideas of what you want it to do and where you want it to be, but there's nothing saying that you can't, you know, you don't have to release uh, 12 things at once. You can release a little bit at a time um, and kind of as you grow and then kind of come up with something and kind of go from there and, you know, and just develop. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, that definitely helps 
quite a bit um you know when it comes to those things out of curiosity is your is your screen printer local or is your screen printer or is it more of a larger larger screen printer do you have a local screen printer what's your situation there uh the screen printer that i'm working with now is breakthrough screen printing he's local i actually met him because we lived in an apartment building just like two doors down from him and i i'd seen he had stickers on his car breakthrough screen printing and i ended up working with him so he's local and i'm proud to be working with a local screen printer yeah. so yeah. keeping keeping the money local mm -hmm. is great and being no, able I, to I, I bring other that. people up yeah, yeah. Man, for, for sure but before working with him i worked with a larger company and they were a very large company that had very large clients so for me when i was starting out and doing runs of 24 to 48 shirts you know it's just a tiny drop in the bucket for them and they didn't really care and want to get too into what i was doing because i was so small compared to their other clients like they worked with the white Sox and the chicago cubs and wgn and all these grand yeah. companies so they didn't I don't think they really cared about me. And that's one thing that I get by working with a smaller local printer is he's doing it all himself. So he's bootstraps, you know, same thing as me. So there's pride in that. And like I said, you know, it's something that's important to me and I, I like being able to keep the money local. No, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm actually at the point now where that was always been my intention and, uh, and my screen printer's local. And I also have like my, even my sticker, uh, I, I used for a large time, a, a large sticker company. And I've now gone to the route where I've like tailored it over to making it more local, uh, local sticker manufacturer as well. Nice. So, um, it's it's uh, it's definitely difficult and it's definitely hard, but it's I think it's great when you are able to find other people um, doing the same thing kind of as you and you're kind of both helping each other out. So I definitely think that that's um, super, uh, super important to be able to do when it comes to that stuff. Um, one of the things I wanted to also chat with you about was and I wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about it because I, I love you created something that I think is super, super fun and different and it kind of goes obviously it goes perfectly in line with what your brand's about um so i kind of want you to tell talk a little bit about the where you came up with the idea of doing like the online art show um canvas um where you're basically featuring you know upcycled custom painted uh spray cans uh spray paint cans and they're like basically showcasing different artists who they actually you know obviously are so it's kind of like they're using a used from what I'm from what I got it. It's like a used uh, spray paint can that's basically been repainted, um, you know, kind of like mocked up, almost like tagged and, and designed in their own way of however they want to do it. But it's obviously art and it's something that you can kind of um, can, can can collect. And I know you've done a few series of these. So I kind of wanted to get a, hear a little bit about the backstory of that and like in a little bit of like how that came about. Well, I think you did a great job describing it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I can do on top of that. But no, uh, I've been a fan of graffiti and street art for very, very long time since I was a kid. So it's another one of those things like the toys that it was just something as how do I get involved with this and have it fit what I'm doing at the same time. And since the brand is primarily focused on being like kind of graffiti and street art influence with the hip-hop which is all encompassing really so i was like how can we do this because i had actually bought some cans 
when I was younger that were painted by an artist and I found them on like DeviantArt or something, whatever was like the art site like yeah. 20 years ago. And I had always wanted to make a show of it, but the only galleries are in Chicago. There's nothing like really close to us because we moved further out west from Chicago. So I actually had a pitch and a big couple it was like a 10 page pitch to the gallery of here's what I want to do. And I never ended up doing it, but talking to my wife and talking to uh, Arson, which is an artist who was actually in the canvas show, they kind of inspired me just to do it on my own. And so by doing an online art show, I'm able to work with all different kinds of artists from all over the world. And give them more money than they would actually get from doing a gallery show because I'm just doing it myself. It's like a one man show for me. So that's always been really good and something that I, because I'm not doing it to try to make money. The money that we make from selling the cans, we put out a zine that features the artists and a bio and one of their cans from the show. So but yeah, like you said, it's upcycled cans rather than them getting tossed away somewhere. You know, it turned into a piece of art that somebody's putting up on a shelf somewhere. No, man, that's, I love it. I love, I love that idea. I think it's, uh, I, I, you know, and it, and if I'm, am I correct? You've done like three series so far. Is that correct? Yeah, we've done three. I've got the lineup for the fourth right now. The artists are working on their cans for the fourth show, which is in April on the 16th is when it'll go live on our site. But uh, yeah, there's three that are done. We got the, the zine for number three coming out really soon. So that'll be cool. So the zine out of curiosity, is that the nine, is that a nine to five? Is that that one? Or is it a different one that you do? um what's the name of the of the of the online magazine that you do uh the zine for the canvas shows is just called canvas the canvas zine it's the same name uh uh the five to nine zine was something different that it was uh they had featured me in yep. that when i was still working a day job yeah um but the canvas zine is something all new that we created for the canvas shows it's uh I I haven't gotten them online yet. So, but we do hard copies, printed copies of the zine. Nice. What I love about what you've called it is canvas. Cause it's, it's uh, the way he did it was great. Cause it's, it's can. And then the parentheses thus like, so it's canvas. So it's like, obviously the can it's like, it's just very, 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 very clever. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's very nice. I, 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 it was one of those things that I love and I saw it on the site. And like when I, I always like to look at the site, uh, look at your site to kind of see what you're doing and, and whatnot. And like, I love seeing all the different artists and all the different variations of art that they have. And, and that's what I saw. It was like series three. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Cause I think you have like up to like, you're showcasing almost how many, how many do usually on a series, how many artists are being showcased um, or how many cans uh, are you guys usually doing? The first show, we ended up with 34 people and some part of my OCD or whatever it is made that stick. So I try to just do 34 people in each show. And the first show, I said, do as many cans as you want, because I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know if artists were actually going to send me these cans. And so I was like, yeah, do whatever you want, you know, and then I ended up with people sending me five cans. <laughs> so we had a lot more the first show 
the first time around than I expected. And the first show actually did really well. So, I mean, it's okay. But since then, we've done 34 artists in each show and we limit the artists to two cans. That way I'm not, because I still live in an apartment, I'm managing, you know, two brands in an art show out of an apartment and my oh. wife works out of the apartment too. So, <laughs> so we have uh, stuff everywhere but that's okay because it's stuff that I love. But yeah, so two cans per artist now has made it a little more convenient and less uh, space taking up. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. So so you're like me then. You basically are doing, you're, you're everything when it comes to the brand. You're doing everything from the the marketing side or i mean you know marketing the packing department the shipping um all those things pr all those type of things you're doing everything i'm doing absolutely everything i always have and i don't think it's like a control freak thing but maybe there's another word for it that doesn't sound so bad but it's probably what it is <laughs> but my <laughs> wife will help me when i need it but for the most part i i, I do handle everything on my own yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand that. And uh, I, I definitely commend you, especially like I basically if you as you're seeing on here, like I have a room when in our house that is literally just deli fresh threads. And we had the same right. thing when I had an apartment um, that was just literally like that room just consumed and swallowed um, and it was swallowing <laughs> my house at one point. So that was the reason why we kind of when we when we moved, I was like, I need a larger space um, just because it's so difficult when you're like you got packing supplies and you got all those things kind of going in there. So I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, the thing with clothing is like people don't realize you have, let's say I, cause I still release for the most part, like one shirt at a time, but you can't just have a couple shirts. You have to have so many of each size. Correct. And once you realize that you have, you know, 12 smalls and 12 mediums and 12 larges and 12, everything else you it ends up taking up a lot of space pretty oh, quick yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so i know you know oh yeah for sure man i totally get it it's uh it definitely becomes uh and that's always the hard part and for me um you know for me especially doing events i always uh you're always kind of going cycling through and doing those type of things and you're and you're kind of like need making sure that everything is you know you have your inventories updated and all those type of things those are always uh always kind of tough do you yeah. um do you out of curiosity do um I, I i don't think i've seen it so i'm kind of that's why i was kind of curious do you do events or do you mostly do is pretty much your entire business mostly online uh for the most part we're online we do do events though uh most recently we did a collaborative shirt with a hip-hop artist out of chicago named griffin we did a shirt to kind of go along with his ep release shotgun opera so I kind of worked with him on that the whole way through. We kind of worked. He had opinions from me on his music, and I had opinions from him on the shirt design, which was designed by Frix84, of course. So we did that, and uh, there was like a listening party. Uh, but previously, we've done like uh, different hip hop shows in Chicago and Wicker Park at a place called Subterranean. So we've done a lot of shows there. And uh, we went to Five Points Fest in 2019, which is something I think I'm going to do again this year. It's in Brooklyn. Nice. So it was a bit of a drive for us. And you know how it is moving a bunch of shirts. So we'll have to rent a van again and go and do that. But Five Points Fest and then uh, Designer Con is another one I'd really like to do. So Where's we do events. Con? There's just not as many around me 
that uh, are fitting. So yeah, no, I get it. Where's DesignerCon? Uh, DesignerCon is in California, and I'm blanking on what city it's in right now. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's far enough away for both for us. Uh, that always yeah. makes it very interesting. I just had a guest on previously that um, she's driven all the way to Iowa, and she has a clothing brand and. I'm like, I'm always amazed because it's not like you can, it's not like you can just ship it or like pack it up and like, you know, have it with you on a plane and just fly out there. Like you literally right. have to haul that stuff or pay for shipping to haul all that stuff and then to do it back. So it's, it's definitely, um, that's definitely the, the crux or the hard part when it comes to doing a, a clothing brand versus selling other things like prints and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I know some people will like, uh, ship a pallet and then be able to fly out and do the same thing on the way home, ship the pallet back to your house. Yeah. And that seems uh, like a good idea for me to look into in the future. I just think it's too costly. It's cheaper to rent something and drive the stuff out and keep my overhead down because, mm -hmm. you know, you still got to make money. You're paying for the show, the booth yep. and all that yep. stuff. So it adds up, man. It adds up. It, it yeah. definitely, uh, it definitely adds up when you're kind of, when it goes to that what uh what would you say what would you say is one of the hardest parts about running your brand oh boy i could just say all of it <laughs> earlier on the being not artistically inclined was a challenge for me and it was just always a struggle but i think always trying to keep uh relevant is mm -hmm. something that's important and going along with that it's putting out more product so it's trying to be consistently getting stuff out there and reaching new people and i think that's the hardest part is being able to reach new customers and bring them into the fold you know yeah no i get it what um you have a pretty you have a really good uh amount of followers on on social media um did you kind of develop that based on just kind of word of mouth has it been you know a lot more you know spending some money on uh on social media ads what's been uh what's kind of been kind of what's been uh something that's been helpful for you to be able to get um to get you know because obviously we all know about the algorithm but obviously you know yeah. in, the, in the percentage of less even though you may have a certain number of people only a certain number are actually looking at it but um you know the key element obviously at the end of the day is eyes on your product but at the same time also commenting sharing liking all those type of things um do you have any tips or anything like that um you know i think word of mouth has been the most effective form of marketing for us like after we did the first five points fest in 2019 it wasn't the first one it was just the first one we went to but since then my sales in new york and the kind of surrounding areas have been increased and it blew my mind away and that's why i want to go out and do designer con is try to hit up the other coast so but yeah, just reaching out to people, the algorithm's real tough on us small business people. Yeah. So uh, I've ran some ads, I've done plenty of that, but haven't been really impressed with the results. So the word of mouth is the way to go. And I just try to keep people engaged and encourage people to kind of spread the spread the brand out there as best they can. So we've got some really great loyal customers that do do that. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, man, I totally get that. And especially after doing it for 15 years, you're definitely going to create your own little uh, community 
um, that kind of wears and supports the brand all the time. And those are always obviously the, those are the ones that mean the most. Cause you, when you see, uh, especially when you see like the repeat customer come constantly coming in and buying, uh, buying your product again, uh, it's always, uh, it's always a great thing to see and feel. Oh, it's, it's a great feeling. It nothing makes me feel better than seeing like a name that I'm like, Oh man, I remember that guy. He's bought this before or whatever. And yeah. I, I, I think probably our best customer is this guy from Australia. <laughs> really? Yeah. So shipping's kind of rough on that one, but uh, yeah, no, I see his name pop up all the time. Every time we release a new shirt, you know, he's buying it and it's just, I'm honored. It's I I've reached people all over the globe and I, I just don't know how we've done it sometimes. And it just blows me away. I'm like, so appreciative. No, man, that's a, and, and I agree with that. That's one of those things where sometimes you kind of have those moments where you're just like, Whoa, I'm like, um, you know, especially when you're, you know, in, in, in our world, like we're still considered a smaller brand. So it's like, I totally yeah. get, I totally get that when like you start noticing like, Oh, I'm like, people are actually buying my stuff, not just where I live or, or anything like that. So, right. Um, yeah. No, I think that's that's amazing. What uh, can you? What about favorite favorite part about owning the brand besides the aspect of obviously reaching out people and stuff like that? Like, is there anything else that you love about owning the owning your brand? Well, being able to not have to answer to somebody else is always a great thing, and being in control of everything is great. But my favorite part is definitely working with other people, whether it's like with Fricks on getting a design done or whether it's another street artist that we're doing a collaborative shirt on, you know, I, I just love working with cool other people yeah. and it's just a great feeling to work with somebody else and have them kind of be on the same page as you and connect with them in different ways. Like that's, that's hands down. My favorite part is working with other people. Yeah, no, man, I totally get it. How long have you, how long in the 15 years of you running the brand at what point, like when was your turning point of going from, it being something that you were doing on the side to then actually making it your full-time thing. Um, I'm pretty sure it was around 2012, 2013 when we did the rebrand with Fricks, I took it serious and I said, I got to just spend all my time on this. And I did. And it was very, very hard at first. And uh, periodically I did pick up other part-time jobs because I just, it wasn't, bringing yeah. the money in as much as it needed to but for the most part like i said since 2012 it's been the bread and butter you know i love it dude i love it no i think it's uh it's, it's super super amazing to see and and it's uh it's i just enjoy i just i just enjoyed the ride watching you um through the process and uh and how you guys keep growing and keep doing and i love I really do love all the different col the collaborations you guys have done. Um, you know, you do you do one with is it is it robot? What is it? It's Chris. Is it, he goes by Chris? R W K. It's yes. uh, robots full kill. Yes, he like he. You guys, when you guys do stuff together, it just like automatically sells out. It's always a, <laughs> it's a it's always a sellout when I see when I see him and you together. It's like bam, sold out. I was like, oh, it's like I see I see it on your social, and I'm like, well, that's gonna sell out soon, um, which is uh, which is amazing to see. And I, I think that's uh, it definitely means something when you start seeing, um, especially when you start seeing artists want to keep continue doing collaborations with you. Um, that must be pretty special to be able to see. 
um, you know, that they want to keep on coming back and wanting to work with you. Um, same thing with like Fricks and different artists, um, you know, because of the fact that, you know, it, that, that just means that they, they see and they enjoy your brand um, and what you're trying to create and they're, and they, you know, and, and it, it just makes a good relationship. Yeah. Chris is actually a really big supporter of our brand and I, I appreciate everything he does because he'll share a lot of our stuff yeah. and wear a lot of our stuff when he knows he's going to be on camera. And it just means the world to me because I've been a fan of Chris since the early two thousands. Cause he made the website with another guy, uh, robots And it was a site that just promoted street art basically from people all over the world that submitted art. But yeah, so I've been following him for a long time. I'm a huge fan of Chris. So every time I get to work with him, I'm just so excited. And yeah, the stuff selling out is that's the bonus about working with Chris. Yeah. His fan base is super loyal. That's awesome, man. Awesome. We're um, so we'll go with we'll go with an easy one that I always ask. What advice would you give someone who is wanting to start something? Maybe not a clothing brand, but just want to start something. Uh, what advice would you give them? I think when you're getting into something new, regardless of what it is, is really understanding and researching whatever that thing it is that you're trying to do. Because I, I spent a lot of time, I went to school and college for business, so I had that going for me. But I still learned about business after being out of school and everything. So I think just becoming familiar and and knowing what you're getting into is the most important part is just research and reading and all that stuff. You know, that's uh, that's good stuff. Where, uh, where can people, where can people follow, follow you on social media as well as also check out online what you have to offer? I think our most active social media is Instagram. It's at no love city. We're at no love city on everything, Twitter, Facebook, um, anytime a new social media platform pops up and disappears real quick, we're make sure to <laughs> create the account real quick, just to, just to make sure. But yeah. it seems like Instagram is the one to be with. And then our website is no Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you being on the, on the show um and taking the time to kind of chat with us and uh i'm looking forward to seeing uh your next uh your next your next brand coming out i know uh i kind of already started following it i don't know if you want to drop that and so, so people could start following that or if you want to wait till till that gets released uh but if you like your floor is yours if you want to share it definitely thank you very much and i watch everything you do too because in my opinion you've got the most creative and intelligent brand out there i think you found a niche and are dominating that oh, nobody's going to touch you and what you're doing. And, and thanks, it's man. impressive. And I, I love all your art. I love everything about it. I but yeah, my, my new brand is called unlucky charm. I'm a huge fan of tattoos. I have a lot of tattoos. My wife does. And I love the art form itself. So that brand is called unlucky charm and it's, primarily tattoo influence you know every every design that we're going to do is either designed by sueda or a tattoo artist we plan to collaborate with a lot of tattoo artists on limited run shirts and things like that but right now we're up on instagram and a couple other social media platforms it's at unlucky charm but we're posting tattoos that we like and stuff right now just trying to get a little bit of a following going yeah. and posting cool stuff from artists that we like 
That's awesome, man. I, and I knew that's what it was about, but I, and I think it's, uh, I think it's a great, it's a great, I mean, it's kind of, it goes perfectly in line. Um, obviously I know that you're, uh, you know, goes in line and, and I love, and I, what I think what I like is the fact that you realize, Hey, I need to separate it from, you know, no love city type of thing. Um, uh, because sometimes like you mentioned, sometimes what happens is you don't go too niche and then you go so broad, uh, that it be, you kind of lose everyone kind of loses focus on what exactly the brands are. So having the differentiator of both like separate, um, I think definitely fits really, really well uh, with what you're trying to create. Yeah, I was always a big fan of the brand Famous Stars and Straps. And they were somehow able to capture like skateboarding and graffiti and street art and tattoos and all these different things. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. I want to do that. And that's <laughs> that's how Nolo City was like, yeah, dude, I can do all this. They can do it. Why can't I? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're a one in a million thing, man. Not a lot of people can do what they did. So yeah. No, totally get it, man. Totally get it. Well, once again, thank you so much, man. Best of luck. I definitely, you know, you and I obviously are always in contact with each other on social media. Uh, so I definitely appreciate you taking the time to kind of have lunch with us uh, today. That's our show for today. Thank you so much to Josh Hammond of No Love City um, and for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check him out online. Check out his new brand. And once again, it was Lucky Charms. Lucky Charm I'm brand. Lucky Charm unlucky charm brand uh definitely go check them out as well especially if you like tattoos um if you know pretty much reach out to josh josh is always gr a great person to reach out to um if you have any questions if you enjoyed the show definitely make sure to subscribe like share it um if you want to support my brand check out deli fresh Shreds. do some shopping and tell your friends there um thank you until next time keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion <laughs> <laughs>